2: is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky's Station.
0: With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrom. A good finish to the G20 Summit. Before wrapping up meetings in Osaka today, President Trump and Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping agreed on the sidelines to restart talks on the trade war.
3: President Donald Trump says he's holding off on new China tariffs for the time being, and the US and China will restart stalled trade talks. Trump made the announcement in Osaka following a lengthy meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. The president clarified that American sanctions already in place against Chinese imports will remain, but that new tariffs he's threatening to slap on billions worth of Chinese goods will be delayed. Talks broke off after several rounds of negotiations after the US accused China of reneging on agreements it had already made. I'm Charles Zolodesma.
0: President Trump, meanwhile, is in South Korea now. He said if it fits in Kim Jong-un's schedule that he would like to meet the North Korean leader at the DMZ for a handshake. This is SRN News.
2: Dr. Sebastian Gorka just doesn't understand AOC. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. Very peculiar interpretation
4: of priorities inside a market economy. The argument is the following. Having a home is a right before somebody else makes a
2: profit. Wow. Yeah, wow indeed. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio.
5: Hour 2 of your Northern Alliance Radio Network headliner, Mitch Berg, is right around the corner. But just a friendly reminder, if you haven't joined the Freedom Fan Club, you might as well... Do it today. It has all their perks of rewards card with none of the hassle. Go to patriot.com Click on Fan Club for member-exclusive access to the perks, prizes, savings, giveaways, and getaways. Here's a look at your weather for today. It's a scorcher, 90 degrees, sunny tonight, 76 chance for storms.
2: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities.
6: It's great to be
5: back in
2: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your
6: headline act Mitch Bird.
2: AM 1280,
6: The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488, 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you want to join us. And it would make my day if you did. It's a hot, scorching day out here. It's a perfect time to take a few moments off from your yard work or your fishing or whatever you're doing out there. Uh, tune in, maybe maybe drop us a line, give us a call. You can join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, as a few people already have. So, uh, great to have you here, whatever you're doing. Now, I turned on the TV other, the other night, and I saw... I thought was the opening scene from the first part of a season of American Idol, where all of the contestants line up, uh, the would-be contestants, to do their screeners with the producers to see if they get to do a screener with a better, greater producer before they can actually get anywhere near the show. Turns out it was actually the lineup of Democrat candidates for the presidency of the United States, which I, of which I believe there are currently about four or 500 at this point, after they narrowed it down just a tish. But they had their first rounds of debates this past week. And with us to talk uh, about the debates and what they mean for you and I here in Minnesota, Chairwoman of the Minnesota Republican Party, Jennifer Carnahan, joins us. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy Saturday. Absolutely. Likewise, back at you here, Sherwood uh, Carnahan. So uh, tell us about uh, what what you saw during the debate. I, I have my own uh, two cents worth, but I'm dying to hear what jumped to, my, uh, to mind for you as you watched the first two rounds of what promised to be a longer debate season than NHL postseason.
7: <laughs> yes, that is true. It will definitely be longer than the NHL postseason. My biggest takeaway as I was watching both nights was that all of these candidates are so anti-American. When you hear them talk about our country, you'd think we'd live in some underdeveloped, horrible, awful country that just treats its citizens and residents horribly. And, you know, I was just listening to this thinking, are they living in the same country that I'm living in? Because America is a land of opportunity. You know, our nation's roots, what we were founded on stands for the American dream. There are so many people out there in our country today that are achieving success on different levels and what success means to them. And listening to all these candidates, you'd think this is just a terrible place to live. And it just didn't make any sense to me at
6: all. Well, it makes sense if you consider who their audience are. But this is to say, on a national level, they're aiming for the same crowd of people that endorsed Matt Pelican for attorney general here in the state of Minnesota and against whom Keith Ellison was the centrist moderate option. So I think if you consider that, Jennifer Kerner, as you're well aware, the the audience for these debates, it, it's a pretty mainstream set of opinions, I I had to think, which I, I don't know about you, but in, in the wake of the 2018 midterms, the one thing I was able to tell myself and this audience in the wake of this really kind of a rough night uh, for Republicans nationwide and here in the state of Minnesota was... Count on the fact that the Democrats will respond to this series of midterm victories with uh, overreach like you haven't seen since the last time the Democrats won at midterms. And I thought the debate that I saw was uh, a symptom of that overreach. I mean, they, they smell opportunity and they are basically clawing at each other to out progressive each other and how about you uh jennifer carnahan but to me i i thought that was a sign that the overreach is setting in and and reaching sort of endemic phase here in the uh, in the democratic party
7: oh it absolutely is i mean my dad had said this to me when i was a little girl growing up you know the Democrats, they don't think we're smart enough to think for ourselves they want to control everything about our lives every decision we make as it relates to everything you know healthcare, where and how our children can go to school, you know, where and how and what we can do in terms of our professional careers. They just want to control everything. They don't think we're smart enough to think for ourselves. And if they have their way, which I am confident they will not in 2020, this country is is going to go in the wrong direction, and it's going to be really bad. But I think that people are seeing this and seeing the truth. And I think that people are going to stay with our Republicans. And I actually am making an early prediction that President Trump is going to resoundingly be reelected to a second term. And I think that is going to trickle down all over the country.
6: Uh, from your mouth to God's ears, Jennifer Carnahan. We can talk more about, Well, we'll have to talk about that more over the next year and a half, because obviously that's going to be the big story. This next presidential election uh, whose cycle is well underway, even as we speak here. So, yeah, the two big things I got. Jennifer Carnahan are number one, as you said, U.S. bad and, and the, the way they're beating on that over this last year, last week even with, uh, Tide Pod Evita saying, Oh, by the way, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, your, 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 <laughs> your husband's freshman classmates. Uh, U.S. I'd be comparing camps that people are climbing over themselves to get into with, Camps that nobody ever left alive. I thought that was one of the most tone-deaf things I've ever heard, except, of course, that her audience will never fact-check around. And the other thing is, and I think this is what this contest is breaking down on the Democrat side right now, it was who can dish out the most Hopi changey. And they were me all over each other to show how much swag they would be giving out to people who voted for them. I mean, free tuition, Medicare for all. At one point, Kamala Harris uh, tweeted, people want to know how we are going to put food on their table. And it's like, man, yeah, Ms. Harris... If you're putting food on my table, I'm seriously I'm missing out on something here. I mean, just it, it was it was a list of goodies, Jennifer Carnahan. What did you have to think about 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 that particular oh, approach?
7: Yeah, it, it's it's also terrible. You know, I was thinking about this. I was in um, over in uh, the Balkan countries in May of this year, so I was in countries like Albania. Uh, North macedonia, Kosovo, right countries that were under communist rule and you know just broke free from that within the past two decades and had a chance to talk to a lot of these people where they they used to have to live like that, they had to rely on government to go and get their food rations, some of them might have jobs, some of them may not you know it was just a horrible situation, and now that they're a more free nation, you know not under communist rule, they still have a ways to go. But they're a happy people. The country of Albania, they love America. They have they have a statue of George W. Bush up there, a boulevard named after him. Oh yeah. And the Democrats want to bring us to that. I yes. mean, it's alarming. And I think the biggest thing is all of these candidates, it doesn't matter who it is, pick one. Amy Klobuchar, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, whoever it is, they are not qualified or fit to even be running for president. They have no grasp on the economics and the reality of what socialism actually means, what it has done to a country and to people, because I don't think they've ever witnessed it or experienced it, or even have friends that have come up through countries like that, which I do, and I have experienced it through my friends. And now they're trying to push this onto America. So I have heard people say, oh, the Democrats are the socialist party. They're not the socialist party. They're the anti-American party. They want to kill this country. They want to kill the American dream. They want to kill the foundation for everything that we stand for and our country has fought for. And it's not a good situation in any level, but the good situation for us is they're going to your point way too far and it's going to backfire on them big time in November of 2020.
6: Speaking of going too far and backfiring, now I I did actually go out and confirm during the break Amy Klobuchar is in fact a declared candidate for president. I would never know it from anything I've seen around me. I mean, she's she's made almost no impression on the race so far. I, I think she's trying to make up for lost time. And as uh, Liz Mayer talked to us about before the break, uh, she got fact checked by CNBC, which means someone's clear, clear clearly is coloring outside the lines media wise, but. She said something else during the debates that I thought was fascinating and, and perhaps a bit imprudent of, of Senator who has built a career on being exceptionally prudent to the point of boredom. Uh, this came out this past week. Democratic presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar says she would support impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump, quote, Beginning now, the comment to CNN Friday followed Trump's statement over the weekend that she would uh, that he would take information to a foreign power that offered dirt on an opponent. Amy Klobuchar coming out of the gate saying it's time to start working on impeachment is just playing to the cheap seats. Or do you think she honestly believes that this is a good move for the Democrats to make Jennifer Carnahan?
7: You know, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think she definitely is playing to the cheap seats because she certainly has to be self-aware to realize that in the heap of candidates, she's at the very, very bottom. And nobody outside of Minnesota even cares about her or knows who she is. So she's probably pandering a bit to the left, the far left uh, base of their party, which seems to be most of their party today. But I think she probably truly believes that. Because when you go and talk to some of these Democrats, these leaders in our state, you know, it's alarming of how I, I don't know what color glasses are looking for, but that they just don't even they're not able to admit or see the positive impact that the president has had on our country. And, you know, for her, she sits over there in the Senate where Republicans have a majority, thankfully, um, but she's not even showing up to do her job so she can say all she wants, but she's going to be out of this race. I predicted she would make it maybe to Super Tuesday. I don't even think she's going to make it there. So I don't even think she'll still be in the race in March of next year. Um, And I don't know where she thinks she's going with her career because her vote totals in Minnesota, you know, people always say she's popular. She wins uh, swing voters and she gets some Republicans. And that's been true in the past. But her vote totals have been decreasing with each cycle that she's been on the ballot. And I think she's going to, you know, continue to show the true Amy Klobuchar as she continues to go through this presidential effort, and if she tries to run for run again for United States Senate in Minnesota, I think that the voters are going to see uh, her for what she is, and they'll vote
6: accordingly. Now, if you're like me, Jennifer Carnahan, and, and perhaps you should pray to Almighty God you are not, but if you are like me, you hear remarks like that uh, about Amy Klobuchar saying it's time to start working on impeaching, impeaching Donald Trump uh, during a campaign season, and you might think, yeah, do it now. All of you progressives out there, waste no effort other than getting Donald Trump impeached, because now is the time. And if you don't strike now, the ghost of Paul Wellstone will cry. Jennifer Carnahan, could there be a dumber move for the Democratic Party to make than than move forward on trying to impeach at this point in in history?
7: Oh, I don't think so. I mean, that would be one of the most idiotic things they could do. But the Democratic Party, again they have no concept of reality and how people really feel around this country so it wouldn't surprise me if they try to move forward in in that effort but um they're going to go nowhere they're going to actually irritate uh president trump's supporters which he has millions and millions and millions and they're going to continue to overreach and try to ter- you know what will happen is those people in the middle that maybe would consider a democratic candidate for president you know forget that that's all going to go away and and like i said I'm already seeing it. I mean, I'm hearing it from friends of mine from around the country that uh, consider themselves independent. They're just saying the stuff coming out of the candidates from the left has just gone too far and there's no way they could ever support or vote for someone like that. So I think they're just alienating people One by
6: one by one. Jennifer Carnahan, chairman of the Minnesota Minnesota Republican Party, (laughs) Uh, thanks for coming on with us today. We have to do this again sometime soon and uh, talk about uh, about how the Republican Party uh, takes the new Democratic Party and runs uh, in in these upcoming races. Can we do that sometime soon here? Absolutely. I look forward to it. Excellent. Jennifer Carnahan, chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, thanks for joining us today. We'll do this again soon. Take care. You too. Uh, 651-289-4488. When we come back, a little bit of reconstructive history uh, going on this past week. I'm going to re-reconstruct it correctly vis-a-vis the history of the Deep South, conservatism, segregation, and the Democratic Party. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
8: In Minnesota, you can take 10,000 different routes to adventure. One path leads you to bluff country biking and world-class hiking trails. Head in a different direction and explore modern art and a historic brewery. Navigate by boat to a lakeside restaurant or cruise downriver with friends on a paddleboard. No matter which route you take, from star-studded concerts to camping under the stars, you're destined to find your true north. Only in Minnesota. Visit ExploreMinnesota.com.
5: Dish TV is better than Cable TV. Here's why. Dish has the nation's lowest TV price, along with an award-winning DVR that can skip commercials, record eight shows at once, and get access to thousands of movies at your fingertips. Cable simply can't even compare. So the smart choice is to cut the cable and get Dish. Plus, you get all these great TV features, free HD DVR upgrade, free installation, and free movie channels. Say goodbye to Cable and get more with Dish TV. 800-293-0328, 800-293-0328. As an added bonus, you can switch to DISH now and receive a $50 Visa gift card. So call now and get DISH TV. Call 800-293-0328, 800-293-0328. That's 800-293-0328. Limited time offer, 24-month commitment and credit qualification required. Cancellation fee, monthly equipment fees, and other restrictions apply. Promotion can change at any time. I'm Ryan Berry. I have two kids in Heritage, one going into
2: 7th grade and one going into 1st grade. The benefits are relationships and Christ-centered teaching. Those are the biggest benefits I see. The smaller class sizes are beneficial for my children. They get more hands-on. They get more individual teaching not distracted by as many students in in the class what's important to me is the families it's a community very close-knit tight god-centered that's what really keeps this thing together and it's under the blessing of uh, jesus and god that we continue i chose heritage for my children because my wife and i both went there heritage christian academy equipping minds engaging hearts encountering jesus christ Heritage Christian Academy of Maple Grove serves students from 3-year-olds to 12th grade. For more information on Heritage Christian Academy, visit heritageweb.org. Check it! AM
6: 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. Join us if you would. We'd love that if you did. You wake up school, you don't wanna go. Hey, you can go to am1280thepatriot.com yeah,
7: please, no. and
6: find out everything you need to know about all the stuff. I mean, I, I will tell you, you no about promotions, about events, and all these things. fact is, all you have to do is go to am1280thepatriot.com and read to your heart's content. You gotta fight for your right. To do what? To party. You don't have to fight to do anything. You just go to am1280thepatriot.com and you have a right to party with your favorite conservative talk station and thousands of your favorite friends. 651-289-4488. Now, one theme I've been hammering on for this past, I don't know, so so far this year, maybe the past year entirely, is an article I've mentioned several times in the past. Uh, A woman named Shahida Orabi wrote wrote an article about uh, 20 tactics that manipulative narcissists and sociopaths use to control you and how to deal with them. And one of the points is looking, and this is a matter of personal psychology, except that you see this behavior in the Democratic Party, including the first of the tactics, something called gaslighting, which is telling people, and it's an epic way to warp someone's mind if you're in a, some sort of a business or personal relationship uh, with them, is telling them, well, oh, the things that you remember never happened, and who are you going to trust, your lying eyes or, or me? the person who are you, you're sort of tied into a relationship with, whether it's a marriage or a significant other or a boss or a political leader, whatever. You're getting a lot of that from the left these days on a lot of different subjects, a lot of the left telling you, oh, the things that are in history aren't true. Uh, who, who are you going to believe? History and personal voting records and facts, uh, your lying eyes, or us? And and while I, well, I'm leading up to something here, just a little bit of reconstructive history that needs to be re-reconstructed with an aim towards providing people the truth, which is where you all will come in. We're seeing this, by the way. I mean, as I pointed out, the, the big left, the progressive movement, not necessarily the Democratic Party, although they're largely inextricable from each other these days, uh, is largely built around just slopping any old thing out there and assuming that the low information voters who vote for them, Sometimes low information voters with advanced degrees, but still not all that critical a bunch of thinkers about matters of politics. Uh, Basically slopping it out there with the assumption that nobody's ever really going to check them on it. And even if they do, no one will care because, well, hope changey. Now, I've been trying to talk a lot less about a woman I affectionately call Tide Pod Evita. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a freshman representative from one of the safest Democrat districts in the world outside of, I don't know, Caracas, Uh who this past week stuck her foot in her mouth up to the thigh by comparing detention camps along the border with concentration camps. Actually, it was the week before this past week, because I think we talked about it last week briefly. It's a stupid comparison. I mean... Starting with the fact that people are climbing over themselves and going through some fairly considerable risk to get into those camps with all of their imperfections and all of their, frankly, bureaucratic incompetence that is causing the problems that are suddenly, miraculously, getting all sorts of media attention now that Barack Obama is no longer present. Because, yes, the problems existed in pretty much the exact same form uh, four years ago, eight years ago, under Barack Obama, the light worker. Now, Tide Pod Evita, excuse me, Representative Tide Pod Evita came out and said, Well, these are con- these are concentration camps by any rational stretch of the imagination, which in a sense is true. The term concentration camp was founded by there or was originally coined by the British during something called the Burr War in, in South Africa in 1899-1900, and they were places to, well, basically intern hostile civilians. In this case, the families of uh Dutch descended Afrikaner farmers called Burrs Uh, basically whose menfolk were off fighting against the British, Uh, they would concentrate these families, basically kidnap them, uh, put them in these camps and say, okay, well, when the war is over, you can go free. And and when your menfolk come home and stop rebelling against the British, fighting wars against us, we'll talk about you getting out of this camp. Now, they weren't pleasant places. People died. Disease ran rampant. Nutrition was not ideal. I mean, have you seen British food? But crying out loud, Uh, they were not pleasant places, but they were not designed to as death factories either. If you want to get really pedantic about history, there's a difference between a concentration camp, even in Germany, and an extermination camp. Two different bureaucracies ran them. One of them were basically labor camps. And of all the people who went to concentration camps, maybe 25 percent died. A horrible tale, a horrible toll. The death toll was horrendous. And by the way, many of the people who didn't die there were shipped off to extermination camps where industrial homicide was, in fact, the pure goal and a tiny percentage of people sent there ever survived. Uh, very different things. And again, like I said, pedantic. Well, Tide Pot got toasted to within an inch of her cosseted little, uh, little life there. And she is doing what people like her narcissists entitled people of, of immense urban progressive privilege do trying to make those who are calling her on her ignorance into the bad guys by gaslighting them she tweeted uh, yesterday quote pretty awful that the right would make a joke out of visiting a child's uh, internment camp but fitting given that they don't seem to care one shred about other people's lives you see, we make a joke about uh, it, was, it was regarding uh, a uh, Snopes uh, s- purporting to show Alexandria Ocasio Cortez fake crying at a mar- migrant camp. It was judged false, of course, and who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, oh, by the way, she went on to tweet: "P.S. That watch belonged to my dad. It was the last and only possession he left me. I want to. I wear it for important moments." In other words, don't you dare criticize her, or you're the evil one. Notwithstanding the fact that you drew a specious and defamatory comparison between camps that, because of the bureaucracy that you would put in charge, Ms. Representative tide Padavida, uh, are frequently awful places and not places we should have children. Thank you, bureaucracy. Uh, also, there's still, notwithstanding that fact, places that people are practically dying to get into or perfectly willing to risk with the goal of getting into the United States uh, with asylum and camps that at worst, nobody left alive and people fought against all hope and all odds to get out of, or at least fought in some cases with the hope at best of dying on their feet rather than dying in a gas chamber. Comparing the two is morally depraved. Only, only word for it, as is all, as are all forms of, of narcissism, especially in in public policy. At any rate, I say this to set the stage for, for something that I I think needs to be brought up. And, and Kevin Williamson, perhaps the best political journalist in America today, wrote about this this past week. Uh, Joe Biden uh said did, did what he does best that is commit a flub a malaprop a, a faux pas saying that he had some practice dealing with segregation and and the the, the media industrial complex rose as one in his defense say well republicans were the real racists and they're talking about the history of segregation in the deep south uh, there is a meme a verbal meme, a, a bit of, quote, conventional wisdom, end quote, that's been floating around for some time that says that uh, while the Democrats, the Democrat Party was the party of slavery and segregation up until the Civil War, that somehow in the years after Reconstruction, the parties somehow miraculously flipped and that by 1964, the time for the Voting Rights Act, they had flipped completely. And by 1968, all the racists were voting Republican. And, of course, that is completely factually vacant, uh, because while Richard Nixon did, in fact, win most of the states of the Deep South of the old Confederacy, if you leave out the five straights that uh, Democrat George Wallace won as an insurgent segregationist candidate, as a Democrat, someone tell Keith Ellison, he was, in fact, a Democrat, uh, that, in fact, Democrats continued, while while the southern states continued to vote for Republicans for president from 1972 up until the present day, they voted Democrat for Congress up until 1994, and a majority of southern governors and uh, legislatures were Democrat until 2000, which means... Either all the racists voted Republican for president and switched back to the Democrats for all of the lower offices. Or the story is complete baked wind. If you know me and you know what I'm leading up to, you know what the truth is. But we'll go through it again because you need to know this as you go out and do battle for the right fight. The fight for all that's good and proper in this world. When we come back from the break, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
9: Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Need cash now? Seems like the more you need something, the harder it is to get especially when you need it fast. Have you been turned down for a personal loan? Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have bad credit? One of the nation's largest personal loan networks, GetCash.com, is the place to go when you need money fast. All you need is a checking account and a regular source of income, and you could get up to $5,000 discreetly with your computer or smartphone in as little as 24 hours. There's no paperwork needed to get connected. At GetCash.com, our lenders have lent hundreds of millions of dollars to people just like you. And now, you could get up to $5,000 deposited in your account as soon as tomorrow, regardless of your credit history. Get the cash you need fast at GetCash.com.
4: That's GetCash.com. GetCash.com. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments, and it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. relieffactor.com. American pressure. pressure,
3: pressure. Spray it,
10: don't say. Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time. Time and effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall, and if it's an all electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be. AM
6: 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Don't forget, Brad Carlson up tomorrow 1 o'clock. King Banyan every Saturday morning, 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440. The businessman together with the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 15 years and change bringing the local conservative truth to the Twin Cities and the world. So Democrats, perhaps understandably, hate being reminded of their party's history of being, well, racist bigots. I mean, they were the party that went to war to defend slavery. And people might say, well, it wasn't just to defend slavery, it's defend state right. Okay, there's points to be made. But the state's right in question was the right to enslave other human beings. They went to war over economic reasons, but their economy was built predominantly on slavery. That was the motive power of the Deep South. Then, of course, they went to war for the right, to some extent, to own other human beings. They saw it as a right. We saw it as a wrong. It was one of many reasons the Civil War happened, but the reasons all tie back one way or another to slavery. And they were the party of slavery. Democrats insist that was, in fact, an entirely different party. The Democrats and the Republicans well, they want you to believe that they two too changed place on the matter of civil rights somewhere in the somewhere between, I don't know, 1871 and 1968. Tom Cotton pointed this out. Representative Tom Cotton of Arkansas pointed out in a tweet this past week uh, saying, quote, a history lesson is warranted. Uh, Senator James Eastland and Herman Talmadge were Democrats as were other segregations. By the way, these were senators who were key votes for the New Deal during the Franklin Delano Roosevelt administration. Uh, Joel Biden and them have nothing to do with bipartisanship, so please, Tom Cotton asks uh, the Democrats, uh, leave the GOP out of Democrats' debates about their party's troubled history on race. Uh, Reporter Kevin Cruz Responded to him on Twitter, quote, a history lesson is warranted. Senator James Eastland and Herman Talmadge were Southern conservatives, as were other segregationists in both parties. Now, here's part of the problem. The term conservative, like the term liberal, is entirely dependent on context. For example, an Iranian conservative and Jack Kemp have nothing in common. Which is the conservative? Well, they both are. But conservative means very different things. If you are, say, a William Buckley, uh, Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan, Jack Kemp conservative. As opposed to, say, a conservative in Saudi Arabia. You know, Stone the Adulterers uh, kind of conservative. Something American conservatives do not stand for. And so... The fact is, and Kevin Williamson wrote a fantastic piece about this this past week, uh, conservatives, conservatives during the 1930s largely opposed the New Deal, while segregationist Democrats were absolutely essential to making the New Deal happen. So let's make sure we recap this. The most progressive piece of legislation relative to the times in the history of American politics, the New Deal, which, by the way, was the the peak, at its time at least, of a long train of, of gradual erosion of American principles by progressivism, starting really with Woodrow Wilson in the 19-teens. By the way, the father of modern American Democrat progressivism, and perhaps the last completely open racist in the White House, say what you will about Lyndon Johnson. He was a deeply ignorant man, but but Woodrow Wilson— genuinely hated the African-American people, genuinely believed that they needed to be kept in their place. It was under his administration. People don't know this. Jim Crow laws really started in earnest as a result of policies that Woodrow Wilson set. There were parts of American society that had integrated themselves or at least really started that, uh, down that path. The Navy had black Americans serving alongside white servicemen in the 1890s, and it was progressives, not just Woodrow Wilson, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, for all of his, all, all of the, the, the myth that that is behind him, though, that put him up on Mount Rushmore. He was a corrosively racist man. He was a progressive Republican. He had as much to do in his own way with the erosion of freedom in America that that happened under Woodrow Wilson as Wilson himself did. And he was a prominent segregationist. Most of the segregationist Democrats in the FDR, LBJ era, I'm quoting uh, Kevin Williamson here, were committed new dealers ergo, progressives, Uh, by most criteria, progressives. I mean, they were the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of their day. And I quote, they largely supported welfare spending, public works programs, the creation of major entitlement programs, and to a lesser extent, labor reform. They did work to ensure that African Americans were effectively excluded from many of the benefits of these programs. Let me reiterate that. The... People who did the legislative footwork to give us the New Deal, which was the simulacrum of progressive politics 80 and 85 years ago, did their level best to make sure African Americans were excluded from all of these programs and reforms. But they provided much of the political horsepower that carried forward the progressive project from the Great Depression on. And bear in mind, many of the same senators that were in office in the 1930s We're still in office in the 1960s because being in the Senate can be a lifetime job if you want it. This should not be terribly surprising, says Kevin Williamson, and I quote, many of the Democrats who were instrumental in the reforms of the Wilson years, the golden age of American progressivism, were virulent racists. Prominent among them, Woodrow Wilson himself. Given such figures as Woodrow Wilson and Theodore Roosevelt, one might as well easily write that progressives of both parties were racists. Now, says Kevin Williamson. What about conservatives as such? Professor Cruz and others more or less define conservative as, quote, segregationist and proceed as though this were enlightening. But when Ronald Reagan was out denouncing the proposal for Medicare as the camel's nose of socialism in America, Senator Talmadge was, by the way, this was one of the pro-New Deal senators who was also a corrosive racist in the 1930s, still in office in the 1960s and, quote, voting for it. Other signers of the Southern Manifesto, which, by the way, was a segregationist manifesto, though by any means all of them, voted for it too. Conservatives are at the moment a little fuzzy about what it is a conservative believes, but there are still a great many Reagan conservatives and no Talmadge conservatives of which I am aware Segregationist, this is Kevin Williamson, again, segregationist Democrats supported the creation of Social Security while it was opposed by anti-New Deal Republicans such as Warren Austin and Frederick Hale. Senator Hale voted against FDR's nomination of Hugo Black to the Supreme Court because of Black's membership in the Ku Klux Klan and also declared, quote, if Mr. Roosevelt is re-nominated next year, it will be unnecessary for the Socialist Party to put up a candidate. Back to Kevin Williamson, if on one side of the vote you have free spending patrons of entitlement programs, and on the other side you have a man denouncing those as socialism, it's clear enough who is the conservative in the sense we use that word today. And in the interest of fairness, it's not the conservatives of the Republican Party have a perfect record when it comes to race. Here's the tricky part. The facts are complicated on both sides of the aisle. Kevin, Williams, uh, uh, urges, Kevin Williamson urges you to uh, consider his former Atlantic colleague, Tahisi Coates, on the curious uh, case of Theodore Bilbo, who, and I won't read I actually wrote about this this past week uh, on my blog at shotinthedark.info. Uh, I mean, Tahisi quotes, certainly no friend of conservatism, no friend of the Republican Party, uh, goes out and throws uh, Theodore Bilbo, uh, who... By the way, uh, to quoting ta Coates, a man who in one breath can be hailed as a liberal fire eater and then in another dubbed a bulldog for protecting the traditions of the South. He was a Klansman who stumped for 1928's Democrat nominee Al Smith. Theodore Bilbo worked to block funding for Howard University, a traditionally black university, tried to initiate a back to Africa campaign for colonizing black citizens. In other words, sending them back to Africa. Attempted to segregate the national parks. Dismissed multi, multiracial children as, quote, a motley malay of miscegenated mongrels. <sighs> Attempted to ban interracial marriage in Washington, D.C. Enraged against anti-lynching legislation that would compel Southern girls to use the stools and toilets of syphilitic women. And he did this as a progressive. That's... Ten see quotes. Uh, quotes, Quoting. quotes. It's not enough to claim that liberalism has somehow changed meanings, thus allowing us to disown the Mississippi senator, Senator Bilbo. On the contrary, the Roosevelt administration congratulated Bilbo on his win in 1940, pronouncing him, quote, a real friend of liberal government. When Bilbo himself first ran for Senate, he promised to, quote, raise the same old kind of hell as President Roosevelt. When he was up for re-election, Bilbo promoted himself to be 100% for Roosevelt and the New Deal. And finishing up quoting Tiny Quotes, who was being quoted in this case by Kevin Williamson, if the New Deal is ours, so is Theodore Bilbo. So, when you hear your Democrat friends or perhaps your kids' Democrat friends or, God help you, your millennial kids say, "Well, oh, the party's changed places on race somewhere between 19, 1872 and 1968, the facts are it's just not true. I do, in fact, urge you to go read the piece at National Review by Kevin Williamson entitled Joe and the Segs." It's really not so much about Joe Biden, although it does explain the extent to which Joe Biden has is a is a product of this uh, history of policy on the Democrat Party. It'd be fairer to say fairer it, rather than saying that the parties switched places, because as the voting records alone show, they did not, and that it is in fact in almost entirely a a. Bedtime story Democrats tell themselves to try and avoid the fact that they lost the votes of rural whites long before the Civil Rights Act. Uh, it, it's good for them to, to point out that the facts are against this idea. History shows that it is a lie. And you and I, the good guys in this debate, of all races, creeds and colors and beliefs and Everything that separates is a need for the part of our society that believes this to wake up, learn the truth, maybe become educated. 651-289-4488, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
8: In Minnesota, you can take 10,000 different routes to adventure. One path leads you to bluff country biking and world-class hiking trails. Head in a different direction and explore modern art and a historic brewery. Navigate by boat to a lakeside restaurant or cruise downriver with friends on a paddleboard. No matter which route you take, from star-studded concerts to camping under the stars, you're destined to find your true north. Only in Minnesota. Visit ExploreMinnesota.com. Individual results may vary. When it
11: comes to vein disease and those embarrassing, painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist, Misty May Trainer.
8: I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones, and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best.
11: That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments.
8: It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely... Completely gone and the procedure happened so fast
11: for over 35 years women and men have been enjoying healthy strong and youthful looking legs thanks to vein clinics of america like gold medalist misty may trainer
8: vein clinics of america work for me and they can work for you too
11: call vein clinics of america now to see if you qualify for a free consultation most treatments are covered by insurance 800-798-3399 that's 800-798-3399 800-798-3399
1: We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many choices and ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out. Today's technology can do that, but you need the resources and know-how to make it all work. You need Salem Surround. With all the digital marketing tools available and necessary to compete in today's business world, you need to know how to use all the options efficiently. Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. We know digital marketing and how to deliver customers so you can run your business. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. For no limitations on how and where you can reach customers, there's Salem surround total market penetration for increased roi learn more at surround msp.com surround connecting you with new customers am
6: 1280 to patriot northern alliance radio network 651-289-4488 join us would you please So last weekend, last week, weekend a week ago, I did something that I don't do often, nearly enough in its own way. Not only did I go to a movie, I went to a a star biopic. Now I, I gotta say, for those of you out there who are wondering, no, I've never been to the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, the biopic about Queen because I was told that the movie never went into the most important part of the Queen's story, namely, how did Brian May get that guitar tone? Not a word about it. Most important part of the band's entire legacy, not one word, who cares about Pete Freddie Mercury's personal life, his history? Who cares how they wrote the music? How did that guitar tone happen? I wanna know. Anyway, but I did go this past uh, Saturday night to see Rocket Man, the biopic about Elton John. Now, I gotta confess right up front: back in my teens, I was I was too cool for Elton John. I just was, and I, not just Elton John personally. I was too cool for all the music of the nineteen seventies. I graduated from high school in nineteen eighty one, and. Growing up as a as a tall, gawky, greasy-haired uh, teenager with no athletic talent in a school that revered athletic talent, I had to do something to stand up for the crowd. And what I did was I was just—not to say I was a hipster. I was not. For solid, for starters, it's a good way to get your teeth shoved in in a rural high school. Second of all, I, it was just not me. I was not—I'd never been a hipster. I've never been hip. I was, however— Way too cool for the music everyone was listening to, which makes me an obnoxious teenager. Notify the media. Oh, wait. I am the media. <laughs> Notify me. Where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was way too cool for the mainstream music of the day. Didn't. I was just too cool for her. Fleetwood Mac and Linda Ronstadt and, and all the sticks and the singer-songwriters of the day and all the arena rock. I mean, Aria, Speedwagon and Head e- Well, Head East was kind of cool. Uh, foreigner. Bo- well, I liked Boston. Okay, because Boston sounded cool. And again, how did Tom Schultz get that guitar sound? We need a movie about how Tom Schultz and David Gilmore. And, and and Brian may get the tone on their guitar. I don't care about personal lives. I don't care where the songs came from, merely that they exist. But what combinations of pickups, signal chains, effects, processing, amplifiers, microphoning, production tricks got that sound? I digress. Anyway. I was, Elton John, of course, was about as mainstream as it got. Along with Kiss, he was probably the biggest selling pop artist of the mid-1970s. And he was huge. He was one of the people who who probably, I mean, after the Beatles, he was probably the first true rock, well, pop superstar. And notwithstanding the fact that a good chunk of his legend was built as part of a a, a two-man team, him and lyricist Bernie Taupin. And... My English professor in college, who was also a rock and roller like yours truly, and by the way, also had a disproportionate role in me becoming a conservative, also pointed out something that should be obvious to everyone. Bernie Taupin is a terrible lyricist. I mean, some of the stuff he wrote, I mean, think about it. Goodbye, yellow brick road where the dogs of society howl. I, you can't keep me in your penthouse. I'm going back to the plow hunting the horny old owl in the woods. Hunting, uh, howling, old owl in the woods, hunting the hornyback toad. <sighs> I don't know about you. I even in, in, back then I thought, "Good Lord, who writes this dreck?" But hay fever hitting me. Sorry. Even then, I thought, "Well, okay, so someone has taken this dreck and turned it into some pretty darn cool melodies, and into a song that, in spite," Of all that went that you that I just read, still works. And from about 1969 to I don't know 1974, 75 ish, somehow Elton John managed to take a disproportional amount of that those rhyming wordy things that that probably belong in some junior high girl's notebook and turn them into some decent music. Anyway, the movie Rocket Man. Probably took a, a really good turn in what they, they decide to tell Elton John's story is more of a fantasy than actual biography. And it, why well, that's the kind of thing that shows almost no promise under normal circumstances. It works. First of all, Tal Edgerton plays Elton John and he plays Elton John better than Elton John himself did. Wonderful, a really excellent movie. Uh, explaining in a lot of ways why Elton John became what he did. And there's a happy ending. I will say a couple of things. For starters, Elton John today is a person who deserves a fair amount of respect for having brought a fair amount of personal integrity to his role as a superstar. Say what you will, uh, he's a person of who has actually spent a good chunk of the last 35 years 30 years 30 years putting his money and his time where his mouth is and you may not agree with every thing that he has come out in favor of but he is unlike a lot of stars he has certainly shown his commitment to an awful lot of a, a, a lot of things in a way that a lot of pop stars don't second of all turned it out to be a really fascinating story in an awful lot of ways, and it's a wonderfully directed movie with some real fascinating way of telling some parts of the story. Now, it has a modestly graphic gay sex scene in the middle of there, which you have to have in a story about Elton John because well, he was well, he is now an openly gay guy, which has nothing to do with the talent he has. The story of his musical talent and the childhood that led to some of it is a fascinating one, and I do actually recommend that movie. Another one I saw this past week, by the way, it was a big week for movies for me, Amazing Grace, which is actually a recording of an Aretha Franklin concert slash church service from 1971 that wanted to become the biggest selling gospel album of all time, and if ever you wanted to become a fan of black southern gospel music, that's a way to do it. Look up that movie when you can. Amazing Grace starring Aretha Franklin. Do Good week for movies. See you all next week. Have a happy Independence Day. God bless you all. God bless America.
3: Donald Trump has declared war against the Federal Reserve. The winner will determine the outcome of the world's economy. My name's Adam Barada. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, Gold is a Better Way. Trump has called the Federal Reserve crazy, his number one enemy, and believes they've blown a massive asset bubble that their rising rates will pop. Trump knows he must beat the Fed to the punch before they cause another financial collapse. He'll do this by monetizing gold. His brilliant plan will cause the price of gold to double overnight. I lay it all out in my in-depth report, The Mar-a-Lago Accord. To get this report and a free copy of my best-selling book, text the words Trump Gold to 49776. That's Trump Gold to 49776. The U.S. owns more gold than every nation in the world. Trump's about to use that gold to make America great again. Text TRUMP GOLD to 49776. That's TRUMP GOLD to 49776. If you have an IRA or 401k, you absolutely need to see this. Text TRUMP GOLD to 49776.
11: Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See,
7: I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away, so I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection.
9: Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263.
8: You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare.
5: Whether you owe ten to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly held an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau.
9: Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-653-1188. That's 800-653-1188. 800-653-1188. AM 1288